Rolling, bro. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 792. Definitely, definitely 12 o'clock. February 16th, 2022. It was 60 degrees on this day in 1981 and 26 below in 1936. And I have some moon information. Oh, a rarity. Beautiful full moon. It's the suckerfish moon in the Ojibwe culture. And it's the popping trees full moon in the Lakota culture. Hmm. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushiman. I have a story today that <clears throat> we got wind of yesterday and I verified it. And it's one of those stories that where for the first time in my life, and I'm being serious, I'm alarmed at wondering how long we will be allowed to do the podcast. Oh, boy. I'll get to it in a moment. But first, I have to FYI, Mr. FYI. Uh-oh. Actually, oh. Chris does. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of emails concerning this, but I'm going to FYI, Mr. FYI. Tucumcari is not in Arizona. I'm originally from Kansas, now living in Iowa. The town I lived in Arizona? was right on Highway 54. Highway 54 ended and merged with another highway in Tucumcari. Tucumcari was the last place you could or would want to stay it was your, as you were headed uh, out west. Tucumcari is in New Mexico, hmm. not okay. Arizona. I'm really glad Dylan was bored in Tucumcari because that bump is incredible. Love the show. Longtime listener, Chris. Hmm. Come so on, Dylan, get it go. together. Well, I, I probably <laughs> the one that screwed it up, oh, not okay. Dylan. <laughs> and, uh, Wait, by the way, why do, why was I the one that had to FYI him? It was the email writer's name was Chris. Oh, the I'm sorry. The name was Chris. Got you, got you. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yes. What's up, Reavers? <laughs> Joe, greetings from South Central Illinois. After living in Farmington, Minnesota years ago and listening to the radio show, I was so pleasantly surprised to find the podcast a couple of years ago. I now spend my evening dinner listening to GL, and it has been a blessing. It's like it's like hanging out with four to five good friends each day. Today, meaning yesterday, I listened to the discussion of the drought in California. I worked in agriculture my entire 33-plus years, and we have a saying, at the end of every drought is a good rain. Right. I hope so. Uh, Kelsey wants us to know bird flu is coming. Do we still have our sounder? Oh, I forgot about our bird uh, Because flu we have uh, chicken and turkey farms on high alert uh, in the Ohio area over serious bird flu. That's all we need. Wait, I don't think we can play that, though. Oh, no, I think you can't. I think it's cat. parody. Parody oh, you oh, can play. Okay. I hear the bird flu. It's rolling around the bay, and I ain't seen the sunshine since. I don't know when I'm stuck in prison. God almighty. What production? What? I tell you, it's it's beautiful. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. Very good. Keep it handy. May may I ask a question? You may. The bird sound effects? Yes. Those are obviously not cataloged. That was rookie <laughs> off into the distance, right? Doing something. <laughs> well, let's. I wasn't going to, but let's stay with birds. We had the news yesterday on John Heights News of the uh, 
the flock of birds crashing to the ground yeah. in Mexico. Uh, it's a phenomenon that shook the Internet. It's a naturally occurring instinct in the species. And I'm pleased to discover it has nothing to do with climate change. Dozens of dead birds were discovered in the northern Mexican state of Ch- uh, Chihuahua on Feb 7, and a security camera recorded the incident. Uh, they were yellow-headed blackbirds. They were dropping dead uh, right out of the sky. An ecologist said the incident was likely caused by a predator and the bird's instinctive defensive response, known as n- murmuration. Uh, they bunched together and hit the ground. This looks like a raptor, like a peregrine or a hawk. I've been has been chasing the flock like they do with murmuring starlings, and they have crashed as the flock was forced low, said Richard Broughton, an ecologist with the UK Center for Ecology and Hydrology, the London Guardian reported. As the birds began to flee from the predator, which is not visible in the video, each reacts to the movements of the birds around it. You can see that they act like a wave at the beginning as if they are being flushed from above, he added. Uh, uh, Alexander Lee's a lecturer at Manchester Metropolitan University agreed, saying the birds can react so forcefully that they die upon impacting a solid object. For my part, and for one video and no toxology, I'd still say the most probable cause is the flock murmurating to avoid a predatory raptor and hitting the ground, said Lees. There always seems to be a knee-jerk response to blame environmental pollutants, but collisions with infrastructure are very common. In a tightly packed flock, the birds are following the movements of the bird in front rather than actually interpreting their wider surroundings, so it is not unexpected that such events happen occasionally. Uh, In an unrelated incident across the Atlantic Ocean in Wales, 200 birds were found dead in another bizarre instance that has baffled people online, but it's not baffling the scientists who gratefully and and thankfully have not uh, blamed this BS climate change on it. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Good. It stands to reason to me, if you've ever studied birds at a bird feeder, because I have been, they are the most nervous creatures. Well, they, wouldn't you be? Well, they're pecking at the seeds, and but they're constantly looking up, constantly looking up to see if there's a predator. Well, around. of course. So sometimes they just what they'll do is take a seed and just leave immediately and go to the safety of a higher branch where they have a better view. Then they look around and then they come back for more. What they're doing is looking for predators. Mm-hmm. The the woodpeckers are notorious for that. Yeah. Those big pileated, peelated. Yeah. We had a, on, uh, we had a cardinal or? couple. You know, Mama Cardinal and Dad Cardinal. Dad will bring food to Mom. Well, and Dad was kind of up on the branch with the lookout, yeah. and then they would switch spots yeah. and eat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, one more note before we get A lot more than my in. wife would do for me, by the way. Right. <laughs> ah, just eat them. <laughs> uh, Wyatt Cram writes, My dad and I are the guys who rode our John Deere sleds from Winnipeg to Elk River recreating the I-500 race last month. I have heard from numerous people that you discussed our ride on your show. I was hoping to find it to listen to and keep a copy for our scrapbook of the event. I listened to many episodes of your podcast around the ride and have been unable to find it. Would you be able to point me to the episode it was talked about in? Thank you. Wyatt Cram, Cylinder Count 87. Uh, that's up to you, Reavers. I'll hand you this email. Okay. I'm sure you can direct the, these kids, would this, have been the, this guy and his dad to it. It was when they were actually riding. It was during um, the Winter Carnival. Yeah, so they would have been out riding when we were talking about it. Now for the most disturbing story of the week, if not the month, if not the year, if not the decade. All right. 
Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has taken the unprecedented step of invoking the Emergencies Act to crack down on anti-vaccine mandate protests. Mr. Trudeau said the scope of the measures would be time-limited, reasonable and proportionate, and would, uh, would not see the military involved. You know what he's going to do? I do. With no need for court orders, banks can freeze personal accounts of anyone linked with the protests. Hundreds of demonstrators remain in capitals in Canada's capital city. On Sunday, law enforcement cleared anti-mandate protesters at the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, a critical pathway for Canada-U.S. trade, <clears throat> after a week-long stalemate. What began as a rally against a new rule that all truckers must be vaccinated to cross the U.S.-Canada border or quarantine upon return has grown into a broader challenge to all COVID health restrictions. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs. No, Mr. it's not. Trudeau told a news conference Monday. He said the police would be given more tools to imprison or fine protesters and protect critical infrastructure. Uh, Mr. Trudeau told reporters the leg- this is from the BBC. Mr. Trudeau told reporters the legislation would be, allied, would be applied temporarily and in a highly specific manner. Critics have noted that the prime minister voiced support for farmers in India who blocked major highways to New Delhi for a year in 2021. Oh, interesting. Saying at the time, <laughs> Canada will always be there to, fit, to defend the rights of peaceful protests. Wow. Mr. Trudeau's invoking the Emergencies Act come as demonstrations across Canada enter their third week. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland said Monday that banks would be able to freeze personal accounts of anyone linked with the protest without any need for a court order. Vehicle insurance of anyone involved with the demonstrations can also be suspended, she said. Ms. Freeland said they were broadening Canada's terrorist financing rules to cover cryptocurrencies and crowdfunding platforms as part of the effort. It's all about following the money, she said. Almost, She almost said that happily. She spoke after hackers released the details of what they said were 93,000 donations for the truckers, totaling $8.4 million to the crowdfunding platform Give, Send, Go. The Emergencies Act, passed in 1988, requires a high legal bar to be involved. It may only be used as an urgent and critical situation that seriously endangers the lives, health, or safety of Canadians. Lawful protests do not qualify. Speaking Monday, Canada's Justice Minister David Lametti argued these conditions had been met. But the Canadian Civil Liberties Association disagreed, warning that the move threatens our democracy and our civil liberties. Of course it does. Ottawa protest leader Tamara Leek Litch dismissed Mr. Trudeau's move, telling AP News there are no threats that will frighten us. We will hold the line. Uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, a conservative, said he supported the federal government. But the premiers of Quebec, Manitoba, Alberta, and Saskatchewan said the emergency powers were not needed in their regions. Before Mr. Trudeau's announcement, Quebec Premier Francois Legault said invoking the Emergencies Act could throw oil on the fire. Under growing pressure to bring the disruptive protest to an end, be it from the White House or increasingly frustrated Canadians, Prime Minister Trudeau has entered uncharted territory with the decision to invoke the never-before-used 1988 Emergencies Act. 
The powers announced by Mr. Trudeau go into effect immediately, but his government has to present it to the House of Commons and the Senate within a week and needs a green light or the proclamation would be revoked. All Maine Canadian federal political party leaders said it's time for the protests, which have had an impact on supply chains, the national economy, and the country's relations with the U.S. to end. But they are not all necessary on board with Trudeau's unprecedented move. Conservative leader Candace Bergen voiced concern it could influence the situation. This is astounding. And here's why. So far, these guys have been essentially peaceful. 100%. Well, not 100%. So you for begin the most to part. ask yourself the questions. For what other reason might they decide to freeze personal bank accounts? For what other reason, if you're going to hide behind the uh, rubric of terrorism... For what other reason might a government decide to freeze bank accounts? So were you clear on who does the ordering of the freezing? It sounds like it, it sounds like Trudeau, but then it has to go through the uh, individual banks. House of Commons and the Parliament. And I suppose uh, once the order is established, if in fact it does get established, then the banks would have to be compliant with the federal government's order. And so oh, John okay. Smith, who That's, owns a big yeah. rig, fr- they'll freeze his account and he can't get money to put food on his family. Or the, you know, $1,000 it takes to fill up his fuel tanks. Uh, for credit, what other reasons? Might, what if they decide that if you own a gun, you, you prevent the threat of terrorism or freezing your bank account? Right. What if, you, uh, what if you write an incendiary letter to the editor of the Toronto Star? Uh, we're going to freeze your bank account. What? I know I'm being... No, you're not. I'm not being far-fetched. No, you're not, because what did, what did the United States government want? Anybody with over $600? We just want to keep an eye on what you're doing. I don't want you to keep an eye on what I'm doing. No. That's my business. Exactly. Mother of God, they're going to freeze tell me what your this bank has to account? Do, tell me what this has to do about, with public health. Because they're hiding behind the They're trying to sell the idea that these truckers present a terroristic threat. And they don't. Well, they don't. No. Why don't you just... Again, I told you, Trudeau has two options. One capitulate to the truckers and say thank you for your service and i hope you stay healthy let's let's get going here but he keeps doubling and doubling he's now tripled down with this freezing bank accounts he's Remi- tripled down oh, reminds me of uh, Wallace and uh, ellison mm-hmm. this is an amazing development in a free western world well that's the other part he could have removed all this all could have gone away if he had just simply removed the mandates this would be over. Meanwhile, that's what, exactly what's happening in the United States right. all over now. Everywhere. In the United States, the mandates are being lifted, you mean? Correct. Yeah. yeah. This is astonishing. How does he not see that? And this... yet, I read about his support for Indian farmers last summer. Oh, he just couldn't wait to uh, telecast his, uh, his virtue to the world. We stand behind these farmers as a free country. We support them. Well, you're a liar, pal. I, I, he's being called Fidel Castro's son. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So from what I understand, if you're a Canadian citizen, you vote for members of the House of Parliament, and then they appoint mm-hmm. the uh, supreme uh, uh, leader. That's what he's sounding like, a supreme Isn't leader. Isn't he? Yeah. So what I'm, if you, uh, the government doesn't like the content of your podcast? We're already seeing it. Well, we're seeing that here. You're seeing it. Um, because uh, the government did encourage, um, uh, what's what's his company? Uh, Spotify? Yeah, to, you know, 
And true, uh, and Joe thumbnail. Rogan has a hell of a lot bigger bank account than I do to worry about. <laughs> what were we going to say, Johnny? I'm still unsure of how this works because I keep reading all the different things yesterday. I know the bankers got together because they don't know what they're supposed to do. Right. The bankers in Canada. I don't think it sounds to me like the banks can do what they want, but you would assume they'd go along with the government. Or would That's they? That's the way I, I keep reading it. You know, I don't know. And, and they apparently there are a bunch of meetings of leaders of banks all over Canada. Because don't you think if one bank said, we're not doing that. Everyone and would move their money to that particular a branch? A form of that is already happening in the United States. A lot of people might not be aware, but uh, and it's with oil exploration right. and oil drilling, right. and these companies can't get, what are they, guaranteed bank loans or right. go- government-guaranteed loans? I- I'm sorry, I don't know. Uh, but But it really played out last year, I believe, in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something called an ESG environmental, social, and governance, and you would have a score, apparently. And depending on the score, which the government would grade, that would determine if you're a viable candidate for insurance or banking. Hmm. Mm -hmm. The the world is, the mystery is upon us. It's changing faster than we can keep track of it. It's now unfolding in Canada faster than we ever imagined. Uh, And And what it sounds like is a young, dear leader who is so full of himself He's, he's blustering and blustering and blustering and say, you won't obey me. I'm going to freeze your bank account. But, and Kenny alluded to this a while Bleep ago. Bleep you, Trudeau. But the way that these truckers and those that are supporting these truckers are being portrayed, that's almost just as harmful. Mm-hmm. Because all they're standing up for is, is freedom. Mm-hmm. And people have a problem with that. It's happening in both countries. Um, I don't, you know, the COVID itself is, is becomes uh, tiresome, but uh, Johnny Heidel have to help me. Haven't we been in COVID protocols long enough now to learn a few facts that would mitigate the truckers' protest? There are no, they are no more or less likely to get COVID now than anybody else. Even if you have the mandated vaccine, we've learned that you can still transmit COVID, COVID or suffer from it yourself. Uh, the benefit being that the percentages are your, in your favor that you would not die. You would, you would get sick but you would not die. So haven't we we reached a point where this is all, uh, what's the word I want? This is all... Window dressing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's continuing to foster this window dressing of the likes of Trudeau being in control. Yeah. Well, let it go, Justin. Let it go. But that's the problem, Joe. There's too many people, both Trudeau and people in this country, that aren't willing to. They, they don't want to let it go. What are Canada's numbers like? They can't be that bad, right? I'm assuming. They don't have that many people in America's hat. <laughs> By the way, uh, Crenshaw had the best tweet yesterday regarding this. Truckers come down here and Quick work. note to Canadian truckers being fired and now targeted as terrorists by your woke government. USA has a trucker shortage and a work visa program. Here's the link. Mm-hmm. Come on down. We'll take you. Holy mackerel. I've never thought I'd see anything like this. You're going to freeze a trucker's bank account because the trucker is enforcing his God-given rights. You know, Listen to this text from uh, Weinstein yesterday. For two years, tyranny has ridden on a wave of COVID. That pretext is no longer viable nor necessary. Tyranny is now forging ahead under its own power. 
If you're still preoccupied with COVID, it's time to shift focus. The far is more dangerous. That's Brett Weinstein. Yep, and he nailed it. Who was a college professor who came under fire for not towing the failed academy line and left the academy. Uh, Yeah, uh, um, a self-described liberal that now is being accused of being far right. Right. And he is anything uh, but far right. Oh, he's a great thinker, though. Yeah, yeah. And he's on that show with his wife. What's the name of the show? Uh, horse latitudes, wild horses. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's horse something. Isn't it? uh, hold on. Do horses get songs stuck in their heads? Yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> it's called horse. Uh, no, it's not horse. Um, wild horses couldn't bring me down. Wild, wild horses. Do you think horses get songs stuck in their heads? I do think so. <laughs> What is the name of their podcast? Why can't I remember it? Band of Horses. He does it with uh, his wife, Heather Heidi. like that band. I do. Yeah. Yeah, they're a good band. I don't know. You'll find Oh, The Evolutionary Lens. That's it? Or, no, Dark Dark Horse Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, Joe is right. right. See? Good yep, Lord. Joe it had correct. horse in it. Dark Horse. Yes, it did. Yeah. Dark Horse. Wow. Can we cut that part out, Reavers? Oh, no. God, no. No, no, that's, no, no. that's, that's in Joe's old favor there. I actually have their opening theme, too. Mm-hmm. That's how it starts. Yeah. Take it away, Brett. Well, hello, Wilbur. <laughs> how do we buy that as a TV show, by the way? They put peanut butter in his jaw. Are you and... kidding me? We bought a talking car. <laughs> Good point. Want a bit of ray of hope? Please, God. Sure. San Francisco residents overwhelmingly approved a vote Tuesday to recall three of the city school board members, election officials said. Critics, including San Francisco Mayor London Breed, argued the members, school board president Gabriela Lopez, vice president Faugua Muliga, and Commissioner Allison Collins, pushed progressive politics rather than act in the best interests of students during the pandemic, And voters agreed, according to the San Francisco Department of Elections. The voters of this city have delivered a clear message that the school board must focus on the essentials of delivering a well-run school system above all else, Breed said in a statement after the vote. San Francisco is a city that believes in the value of big ideas, but those ideas must be built on the foundations of a government that does the essentials well. In San Francisco, one of the country's most liberal cities, Democrats were split over the recall effort. The mayor, who is now responsible for appointing new members to fill the vacancies until the election in November, also praised the parents who initiated the effort. The parents were fighting for what matters, their children, she said. Those who opposed the recall called it a waste of time and money, but enough San Francisco residents launched the recall effort in January of 2021 claiming the school board members poorly chose their priorities, which included renaming 44 schools but were uh, slow to reopen district schools that were closed under the coronavirus uh, pandemic. The city of San Francisco has risen up and said this is not acceptable to put our kids last. In other words, these school board members... Uh, suffering from their terrible wokeness, we're doing everything except worrying about the education of a child. Right. Let's rename schools. Let's do this. Let's worry about our Pacific Islander community. You can foghorn that. Right, on and on that. and on and on. Just utter B as in B, S as in S. Quick question. Yeah. Is this London breed 
waking up and realize woke isn't the way, or is it she's realizing that she's going to get... Well, she's certainly reading tea leaves, isn't she? Yeah, because there was... What was the other thing she did recently, too, where we that opened our eyes? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't recall, but I remember it being in, on the show. It had something to do with masks. I think you're right. The recall was started in January after the board voted for... for okay, uh... 44 schools that honored Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, U.S. Senator uh, Dianne Feinstein, public figures the board claimed were linked to racism and sexism. The plan was subsequently uh, criticized by historical inaccuracies, and the school board ultimately dropped it. But this is what they wanted to achieve. These are Mysterians who are attempting to ruin the country and the parents in San Francisco to be congratulated for rising up and saying, shove it up, you're behind. Ah. We're not doing this anymore. Speaking of reading tea leaves, I didn't even bother to cut it out because it was so predictable. Did you see where Democratic lawmakers are now advancing the idea of calling for a gas tax holiday? Yes, I read that. Just absolutely stunned. You frauds. What you're saying is you'll give us all you want to do is stay in power. You have nothing to do with us. Nothing. I'll throw these people some gas tax relief. Oh, bunch of phonies. Speaking of that, (laughs) speaking of the third rail, speaking of people out of touch with the rest of us. Did you guys see what former Mayor R.T. Ryback tweeted yesterday? I I certainly did. I did not. Then I blocked him, so I'll never have to see him again. (laughs) Honestly, I had to read it twice. I was dead sober. I had to read it twice just to make sure this wasn't a fake account. 23 hours ago, R.T. Ryback, dash, he, him... No. Yep. He went for the he, him? Sure did, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what people are now addressing him on In the uh, replies. Hey, listen, he, him. (laughs) (laughs) More like he, ha. Um, (laughs) 12.27 p.m. yesterday, Joe, with downtown Minneapolis office workers coming back faster than restaurants are reopening, comma, lunchtime lines form outside most popular. Hey, restaurants, time to reopen. Customers are waiting. Uh, uh, Hey, bro. Um, have you Bra? been paying attention the last Bra. two years? Bra. But how can someone be that out of touch? A guy that was the former mayor of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just, just Each one is worse than the last. I'm reading some more about the uh, withdrawn school board members. Talk more about that gas tax. What, what, what Joe, I didn't uh, cut it out. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, what give could it. they have done? Um, That's inst- eighteen cents. It's a federal gas tax. Instead They'd of that, instead of suspending that gas tax, what could they have done in the last year or so that wouldn't uh, that so we wouldn't be at this point? Keep pipelines open. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we get hmm. each other a gift? For Lend gas money tax? to fossil fuel developers. Hmm. Hmm. Don't demonize the automobile. Oh, mm-hmm. oh no, three good ideas in the span of Get out of, of the way seconds. of the truckers trying to serve the public. Four good ideas. You phonies. Yep. God <laughs> almighty, are you phonies. Yep. Do we get each other a gift for a gas tax holiday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you bring it to the gas station. I see. Here you go. Happy gas tax day. <laughs> Uh, the White House already has made several attempts to address mounting public frustration with high gas prices. In November, uh, Brandon opted to release 50 million barrels of oil from the country's Strategic Petro- Petroleum Reserve. 
the administration more broadly has sought to determine whether the price increases are the result of corporate cons- consolidation in the oil and gas sectors, an area the federal antitrust regulators are now exploring. Some of the moves have frustrated climate advocates who are looking to phase out fossil fuels in favor of cleaner, greener energy, which just is not available at this point. What if the government freezed your bank account because they learned you excavated a trench in your yard, lowered a uh, lowered a tank into it, and now have your own supply of maybe 500 gallons of gasoline? How the hell did you find that out? Would <laughs> You would they freeze your would they freeze your uh, bank account? How because much? Don't kid yourselves. If they can freeze the bank accounts of peaceful protesters, everything is in play. Of course, everything yep. is in play. You you don't call me a you. Don't call me a you you. I think it's a great example of pushback, though, in San Francisco. It's a great example of pushback. But it's only one. Well, we need more. Now, there are 25 recall efforts have been launched against 66 officials nationwide, according to tracking by Ballotpedia. School boards are where the rubber meets the road when it comes to Americans meeting their government. ABC News political director Rick Klein said of the recall, schools, for better or worse, are the battlefront. This is there where the major issues of 2022 are colliding, colliding for so many, which is why we call it the failed academy, because they're they're failing at it. And those... Uh, uh, a lot of those uh, board members are bankrolled by big donors who don't have children in the school. According to campaign finance records, some of the biggest backers of the board members in Frisco are 95-year-old billionaire Arthur Rock and PayPal COO David Sachs, who contributed nearly 400 grand and 74 grand, respectively. You'd never think that a liberal member of a school board in San Francisco would have to worry about his or her job, Klein said. The power of the arguments that are being put forward and on display in this recall election, I think, will animate so many campaigns up and down the ballot for state and national political office in 2022. In other words, I'm really, I'm really affronted because I'm a rich guy and you're turning me away. Go bleep yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Klein. That's Klein saying that of the rich people. Oh, you're cool then. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, right. I'm all right. I just, are you going to break yet? Yeah. I just did some important math here. Um, I pour one 16-ounce can of seafoam into a 30-gallon tank on my pickup truck. Mm-hmm. So somehow you found out that I have a 500-gallon tank buried in my yard. Mm-hmm. So I would go 500 divided by 16, correct? Mm-hmm. I need 31 cans, 31 and a quarter cans of regular size sea foam mm-hmm. in order to keep that 500 gallons of gas fresh for my use. So you can find that sea foam anywhere. I, I, let's see, I use about 30 gallons a week. How long would it take me to burn through 500? I'm not good enough divide to do the math. Divide 30 into 500. Um, 500 by 30 or 30, 30 by 500? 30 into 500. What I don't under 500. 500 by 30. Be about six, by 30. six. 16 tankfuls to empty that 500 gallons. So well, that's three months. So that's no, a lot of sea foam. Uh, thankfully, I can stop virtually four any. Yeah, four months. <laughs> I go through 500 gallons yeah. of buried. Uh, but uh, what I need to do here is either stock up on sea foam and have a lot on hand. I am a hoarder and I am a prepper, but. 
it's certainly a lot easier in the case of seafoam to just pick it up any old place, the hardware store, the grocery store, the convenience store, the auto parts store. Hell, I've seen bakeries that are selling seafoam. That's the great thing about seafoam. Number one, it keeps your gas fresh. Um, because as we've learned, gas goes bad right away. My routine, Kenny, when I go to Quick Trip, sea foam, big monster energy, cheeseburger, out of there. Pack oh. of smokes. Yep, round the, the loop. Pack of smokes. Round the loop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other great thing about sea foam, local company right here in the Twin Cities, global reach. You can find that crap anywhere. Sea foam, truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It's Reavers here once again for Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com. Boy, I have to tell you, one of the things that makes living in this state this time of the year a little bit less miserable is bamboo long underwear. That's now available online at ChillBoys.com. Fast and free for all orders across the entire United States of America, by the way. Over $40. Fast and free through ChillBoys.com. Go online. See the entire selection of bamboo performance boxers, uh, bamboo boxer briefs. They are the best underwear you will ever own and it doesn't matter where you live if you're in carver minnesota or if you're in phoenix arizona you can get the same treatment if you go online and place your order at chillboys.com give the gift of comfort no matter what time of the year it is go online chillboys.com please place your order with the best customer service team around and let them know that you heard about their product right here on the garage logic podcast oh, oh my I can't, god can't believe how much i love working with you guys <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not supposed to Yeah, don't don't touch anything. Did you? There was a whole bunch of swearing in that break, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, that public should hear to do math. And he can't draw an eight. What was that? Here's Joe Souchere. He's not allowed to do math. Who that said was Tony that? Was who do is that? This. I thought it you is said Tony. Tony. Let me hear it oh, again. You impatient. Tony, Let me hear it again. It's not our Tony. He's on with not Tom. allowed to do math, and he can't draw an eight. It sounds like me. Here's That's Joe not Souchere. Tony. That is not Tony Lee. Okay. Play another one. Play another the creator new one. of the double flange joist counterclockwise expansion. Here's Joe Souchere. He sounds different in really their production does. studio. It's because he's probably got better equipment now than we do. <laughs> he doesn't have the old coal burning board like we do. Hey, by the way, there's no ducks running oh, up and down electric treadmill. He'd mentioned the double flange joist. I want to make because I, I thought of this after because we played it you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know what my favorite part of that the guy calling in? What when you when you looked at him he said. Uh, sheetrock? Did you use sheetrock? Yeah. No, he used bamboo <laughs> right. to put up new walls in his house. No, the hardest part of that bit was keeping Pat quiet. Oh, I bet. I bet it was. Uh, oh, we already come back. Hey, how are you? Yeah, here we are. <laughs> I want to return to Brooke Blakey, who is Melvin Carter's appointment to the new, uh, what's it called, Office of Community Safety? Yep. Community of hand-holding unicorns no, and rainbows. it's not the name of it. It's the, golly. Kumbaya division. Well, I've got some really interesting information. Uh, all for Pete's sake. I'm not getting much help here. Oh, goodness gracious. You want to go to break again? No, but I mean, somebody could help me. And I'm, just I'm looking. What do you need? I'm looking. their ass. Well, if you wouldn't be sitting there telling root beer stories off the air. Right, if you'd actually get back to the show. <laughs> Blakey, the former chief of staff for Metro Transit Police. This is a new Leiden story published yesterday on Fox 9. Blakey, the former chief of staff for Metro Transit Police, had been the subject of an internal investigation for several 
months. Office of Neighborhood Safety. Safety. Fox 9 reported in August that Blakey and an unidentified sergeant had been put on administrative leave at Metro Transit Police pending an investigation into their activities with a volunteer community program. On Tuesday, Metro Transit Police spokesperson Howie Padilla declined to comment on the status of the internal investigation or the circumstances of Blakey's departure. Metro Transit and the Metropolitan Council are not at this time commenting on Blakey's employment status, except to say that she is not an employee of the Metro Transit Police Department, Padilla wrote in an email. On Monday, Melvin Carter appointed Blakey as the director of St. Paul's new Office of Neighborhood Safety. If I had been patient, I would have gotten to that and not had to have a tirade. That's a part of the city's community-first public safety approach. In announcing the new appointment, Carter said, Brooke Blakey's career of public service will be invaluable as she engages in this new role and supports our work to realize safer outcomes in every neighborhood, all of which is nonsense because all of her work, uh, which I hope is successful, but I can't imagine it will be, will be not measurable. Uh, she starts Feb 28. During her career with Metro Transit Police, Captain Blakey served as chief of staff to Metro Transit Police Chief Eddie Frizzell. In November, President Biden nominated Frizzell to serve as U.S. Marshal in the District of Minnesota. He still awaits confirmation by the U.S. Senate. Uh, it is not uncommon for public employees to resign Well, an investigation is pending. It exploits a loophole in the state's public records law, Minnesota data practices, because if an employee resigns before discipline is sustained, it is not considered public. But in Blakey's case, because of her supervisory role, she could likely be considered a public official as it is defined in statute. Under state law, if a public official resigns or is terminated from employment while the complaint or charge is pending, all data relating to the complaint or charge are public unless access to the data would jeopardize an active investigation or reveal a confidential source. Blakey is a lifelong St. Paul resident. Her father, Art Blakey, who we lost in 2018, was State Fair Chief of Police for 37 years. Fox 9 has reached out to Blakey and Mayor Carter is, and is awaiting a response. And we have to thank Tom Lydon for attempting to continue to follow up on this. Now, you recall yesterday we also learned that Brooke Blakey is a member of the State Sentencing Guideline Commission. Right. Yep. And it was Kenny's uh, supposition. Yeah, that's good for us. We got a cop in there. Right. That's what and we it, need. And it was your uh, presumption that she <laughs> would have been tough on crime by the mere fact of her being a police officer. Of course she would, Joe. Uh, well, I, I have some information. I have some help from people I trust. Ms. Blakey was appointed to the seat in the Minnesota Sentencing Guidelines Commission that is designated for one peace officer, as defined in Section 62684, appointed by the governor. Uh, peace officer means an employee or an elected or appointed official of a political subdivision or law enforcement agency who is licensed by the board, charged with the prevention and detection of crime and the enforcement of the general criminal laws of the state and who has the full power of arrest and shall also include the Minnesota State Patrol, agents of the Division of Alcohol and Gambling Enforcement, state conservation officers, Metropolitan Transit Police officers, Department of Corrections, Fugitive Apprehension Unit officers, and Department of Commerce Fraud Bureau unit officers, and statewide coordinator of the Violent Crime Coordinating Council. In other words, Walls could have appointed anyone from any of those fields to serve as the peace officer 
on the sentencing guidelines. Mm -hmm. During meetings in September, October, and November of 2021, the Sentencing Guidelines Commission thoroughly discussed and debated a proposal to eliminate the custody status point from criminal history scores, which would have resulted in the reduction of sentences for many offenders who commit a new offense while on probation or parole. Wow. Wow. Those meetings were recorded and are posted on YouTube. As you can see from those videos, Ms. Blakey never offered a position on the issue. She did not ask any questions, and she did not speak on behalf of law enforcement. In fact, the only time she spoke was to cast votes. And at that November meeting, she voted to eliminate the custody point status. Jeez. In December, the commission held a public hearing on the proposal to eliminate the custody status point. There was significant public opposition. The commission received over 3,000 written comments, and approximately 95% of those comments opposed the proposal. Several members of the wow. public also testified at the public hearing, including representatives of the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association and the Minnesota Sheriff's Association. They opposed the proposal. In sum, the peace officer member of the Sentencing Guidelines Commission voted in favor of a proposal that would have reduced presumptive sentences without explaining her reasons for supporting the proposal, even though the Police and Sheriff's Association opposed it. Here is a link to the summary of the public hearing. See lines 10 and 12 on page 3. I got that all at you. Here is a link to the video, and I thank you for my source who has been helping me with this. So uh, to answer your question, Kennedy, uh, Kennedy, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Kennedy. Uh, yesterday I said, this, this, see, this doesn't surprise me. This doesn't surprise me. Right. Because to work for Melvin Carter, you couldn't possibly have voted to increase sentences. Her, well, not political, only that, it, her political ideology had to be in line with Carter's. It, this woman's background becomes more mysterious, and her effectiveness is really going to come into play here. And there's no diversity of thought. No, and it's I one guarantee way of you, this is the only outlet in the Twin Cities that will tell you this. Mm -hmm. You won't get this from either paper, none of the TV stations, the uh, radio. Nobody will will be on this. Wow. You know what really is weird is wow. you, you see these organizations or this group of people, and, mm -hmm. and if you're a citizen, you're thinking, because you don't follow along. Hell, right. we barely follow along. Right. They go, oh, yeah, here's this group. They're going to take care of everything. But yeah. the sheer randomness of who's in charge, who appoints those people, and how they think. You know, it's the almost whole like, system is just screwed up. It's almost like the enemy of the people somehow got in a position of power. Now you're getting it. <laughs> well, Walls appointed her, and yeah. he could have appointed, you know, somebody from Minnesota State Patrol. He could have appointed uh, uh, somebody from uh, the agents uh, of the One Division of, of Alcohol and Gambling. Yeah, somebody from Fletch's department. He could have appointed virtually anyone. There's a wide variety of law enforcement agencies. But this woman got appointed. Wow. And then Carter hires her, uh, either in spite of or irregardless of the internal affairs investigation that apparently is ongoing with Metro Transit, about which we know nothing because we won't be told about it. How many people came out and made their voices heard? It was a, an astonishing number. 3,000? In December, the commission held a public hearing on the proposal to eliminate the custody status point. There was significant public opposition, which apparently they ignored the public. 
Yeah. The commission the... received over 3,000 written comments, and approximately oh. 95% of those comments opposed the proposal. I remember on this show, we were offering you the means and the contact points for you to weigh in on the yeah. Sentencing Guidelines Commission. Yeah. And many of you did. And 95% of you opposed the proposal. So did the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association. So did the Minnesota Sheriff's Association. They opposed the proposal. In sum, the peace officer member, Brooke Blakey, voted in favor of the proposal that would have reduced presumptive sentences. With no explanation. With no explanation of her reasons for supporting the proposal, even though the police and sheriff's associations opposed it. Okay, well, that's just straight-up evil. Yeah, it's... and depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not Hanlon's razor. This is just straight-up something going on. Hold up. <laughs> well, Wait that a is, minute. That Look, is malice, Joe. Yeah, there's that something is going malice. on here that tells us that uh, it's quite possible, and the suspicion is easily uh, held with credibility, that Carter has put together quite a cabal of people there that uh, uh, have no interest in serving the general public. Anti-American, like you said yesterday, the Great Reset. We're, we're trying to change everything. And, the frustrating, and they're getting away with that's it. That's just it. The frustrating thing is not only are they getting away with it, they don't... They don't answer to anybody. Well, tell me where the checks and balances is in a city so uniformly run by the mystery. Who's the adult that's going to step in and say, Melvin, why in the hell would you hire a woman who is soft on crime? Mm -hmm. When that's the last thing Because that's what that vote tells you. She favors less sentencing for criminals. The best thing that ever happened to his crowd is the... Like you say over and over again, the St. Paul paper would have been on this years ago when they had a staff. It's the best thing that's happened to the left side of the aisle is the fact that there's nobody watching them. And the hedge fund managers uh, who have uh, ruined American newspapers don't care that they've also ruined the civic stability of cities. Well, I'd go further and say they know they've done it. They don't care. They got 14 mansions in Palm Beach. Yeah. Okay, how long is your mansion going to be safe, you idiot that owns the Pioneer Press? You bleeping, mother bleeping fool. Whoa. Two bleepings. I said bleeping. I know you did. Usually it's just one. Try to fire me, punk. I'm trying to find the... The tweet that I just saw about the, uh, we were talking about, oddly enough, Matt Belanger yesterday, they had an update on the guy that attacked him, Kenny, on the light, was it the light rail platform? Right, downtown. And the the reasons he gave, because he is apparently unfit for trial, mentally, he's unfit for trial. But it's just, it's it's laughable. He's he's a 40-time felon. What is this guy doing on the street? Huh. And oh. it had to do with St. Paul. That's what, why I was trying to find it. What are the guys doing in the truck park bar? What are the guys doing carjacking? They've all been arrested before. Well, that's where this community, where this social services and everything else has failed us, and they want more of this. But they want people. They want people out dealing with the uh, EDPs, the emotional disturbed people. They want, and it's already failed. There's nothing they could do in the future other than lock this guy up that will work. But we're going to make a sentence. We're going to make an example out of Kim Potter, aren't we? A 26-year career career police officer with no blemishes on her record until the fatal accident. What we're going to s- really fry her ass, aren't we? Because uh, you what, people are really tough. Six to eight years is what they're recommending. Well, right? that's a change we, we, to the yeah, fa- that's a, a change new, yeah. to the better. 
I'll have that in the news. It's actually. Uh, I'm going to do it too, John. But you repeat it. State okay. prosecutors sure. have changed their position on seeking an upward sentencing departure for Kimberly Potter, the ex-Brooklyn Center police officer who was convicted of manslaughter in the Dante Wright case. In a filing submitted Tuesday, Attorney General Keith Ellison's prosecution team requested Judge Regina Chu issue a presumptive sentence under Minnesota sentencing guidelines for Potter's first-degree manslaughter conviction. The state had previously announced its intent to seek an upward sentencing departure based on aggravating factors. I still can't get happy. The sentence you give her is to say, thank you for your service. You've served enough. You're going to be on probation for five years. See you later. Yep. Absolutely. People want, we don't even know who St. Paul hired for its director of public safety. <laughs> but we're going to make an example out of Kim Potter. What a pathetic group of people we have running a supposedly functioning city. It's pathetic. Keith Ellison, if you had any manhood whatsoever... You'd realize the harm that's already been done to this woman's life. Yes, of course, great harm done to Dante Wright's life. He's not with us anymore. But it was an accident. No evidence supports otherwise. None. Zero. I did find it, by the way. The Minnesota Freedom Fund put up bail for Venny Jerome Williams, who has 40 prior convictions. Many. Was this the guy that they just picked up for laying down and masturbating in front of kids? Thank you. He wasn't even out, what, Chris, less than a few days, right? Nope. There's your... Uh, there's that's, your... This, that's the same guy that attacked Matt? Yes. And you know why oh, he God. attacked Matt, by the way? Because he Matt. thought Matt... Uh, it was a gay hate crime thing. Yep. So we can't get him on a hate crime nope. thing. Who's Matt? Matt Belanger. Matt Belanger. He's KSTP one of the greatest anchor. guys you'll ever oh, meet. Oh, that's he right. He got whooped. He, yeah, he works yeah. downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Fantastic guy. So, hey, shout out to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, huh? Yeah. Of which Jeez. Kamala Harris was a supporter. Yeah. It's hard for me to have fun thoughts. Yeah. It's definitely not a fun Friday. <laughs> well, alcohol helps sometimes. No, so do e-bikes and scooters and <laughs> You know what? Speaking and... of that, I've told you this, that I haven't seen anybody on an e-bike that doesn't have a big S-eating grin. <laughs> yes. They're yes. going uphill and they're not pedaling. <laughs> we'll get to EcoFund Motorsports right now because it's the lowest prices of the season. You buy now, they're going to store it until the warm weather hits. EcoFund Motorsports is on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Bentelli B1 e-bikes, $15.99. The step-through electric bikes, $16.99. The $16.99 and that fat tire electric bikes, $19.99. And those wonderful gas scooters that turn urban errands into adventures for $14.99. They're rated for 115 miles per gallon. Nice. And you don't need a motorcycle license. You need your driver's license or a moped permit. Youth ATVs and dirt bikes in stock for the lucky kids and grandkids. Scout 110cc ATV starting at $9.99. Man, that'd be fun if you had that. I wish I just had the property for it. Trooper 125, then I would have, I wouldn't even have to tie a rope to the and follow the kid around. No. They got brakes. <laughs> Trooper 125 CC ATVs, fully automatic with reverse, starting at 12.99. This is these are these are toys that give you a little bang for your buck. Most of the youth ATVs are equipped with a wireless kill switch. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. Preseason sale while the selection is great. 
EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis, 952-894-4040, or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hoffman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Here's Joe Sushiro. Is he on some sort of medication? <laughs> See, uh, let me tell you how you do radio here, Chris. When the liner's got a musical back, yeah. You play the the liner first, then you hammer right into the song. Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, were you working in music radio? You'd know that. Yeah, you'd think so. Oh, but you were working for Clear Channel. Uh, Such, um, <laughs> I've got your Americana right here, pal. Mm-hmm. The smell of nice. fresh cut grass. Oh, I love it. Now mm. imagine getting paid to smell that all summer Lawn. I was in the lawn service business for years as a youth. <laughs> Did you uh, pull around the uh, the little push mower behind your bicycle? Yeah, I walked it up to wherever I had a client and... Did the grass a sometimes like it? Don. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing crooked lines oh, yeah. and bad <laughs> trimming and uh, scalded bald spots. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you cut grass better than Joe Souchere, uh, you should get a hold of ProTurf, ProfessionalTurf.com. They're looking for you, people with outdoor experience, landscaping, horticulture, whatever. Uh, if you've got the get-up-and-go, that's what they need, people that – Enjoy working on their own, flexible hours, full benefits, paid vacations, paid holidays, 401k. You'll love working at ProTurf. But not only that, you get production bonuses. Usually, a lot of their employees, every couple of weeks, they get another bonus because they're good employees. 12-month compensation here. You're not going to be shown the door at the end of summer. You can push some snow around uh, in the winter. Serious jobs. And if you have a current Minnesota applicator license... You could be looking at a bonus of $1,000 to $1,500 when you sign on. Three ways to get a hold of them. The easy way, ProTurf, uh, excuse me, ProfessionalTurf.com, uh, Indeed.com if you're down with that, or do it the old school way. Pick up the phone, have a conversation, 952-469-8680 for jobs with ProTurf. My old man had some really bad lawnmowers. One of them looked like a boiler that you might find in the basement of a church, an industrial <laughs> boiler. And it had these giant stacks sticking up. It looked like an engine in a, in a race boat. And, and to start it, you wrap the rope around the 
thing and, the and then cup. break your arm trying to start it. And it was just, it had to be for about 1928. It was really pathetic. Uh, I had an opportunity to take possession of, I don't, it might have been a craftsman, that had a lever on the top for the starter that would flip open, and you would actually oh, spin yes. it around like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But the best thing I've ever seen on YouTube is the guy that took the starter off, yeah. went inside, got his DeWalt drill with the proper size oh, socket, yeah. and started it that oh. way. <laughs> <laughs> Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Story, uh, you uh, talked a little bit about just moments ago. State prosecutors now are changing their position on seeking an upward sentencing departure for Kimberly Potter. She's the ex-Brooklyn Center police officer convicted of manslaughter for fatally shooting Dante Wright. In a filing submitted Tuesday, Attorney General Keith Ellison's prosecution team requested that Judge Regina Chu issue a presumptive sentence under Minnesota sentencing guidelines for Potter's first-degree conviction. The state had previously announced its intent to seek an upward sentencing departure based on what they called aggravating factors. Namely, the prosecution previously argued Potter's action posed a greater than normal danger to the passenger in the car with Wright, the other officers near Wright's car, and the people in the car Wright crashed into after uh, Potter shot him. They also argued Potter abused her position of authority as a police officer. Now with Potter's sentencing hearing just days away, the state sentencing memorandum defers to Minnesota sentencing guidelines. That would set her sentence between 74 and 103 months with a presumptive sentence of 86 months or just over seven years. The memo points out that- Unacceptable. Memo points out that a court may only depart from a presumptive sentence when they can articulate substantial and compelling circumstances, but that's only a reference to the defense's request for a downward sentencing departure. Potter's sentencing hearing is set for Friday at 9. Okay, Chu, I'll give you your compelling circumstance. You let a thug, she's been in jail since Christmas. You let thugs out to attend funerals and don't even come back. She's been in jail longer than any thug that comes before you. Thank the you. Minnesota- <laughs> Feel better? We all, we yeah, all agree. So yeah. Noted. Yeah. The Minnesota House of Representatives announcing changes to its masking and work-from-home policies. According to Speaker Melissa Hortman, masks will no longer be required in the House chamber and House galleries starting on February 17th. Representatives, staffers, media members, and the public are encouraged but not required to wear masks. Hortman says all other areas controlled by the House of Representatives, including offices and committee rooms, will still require adequate face coverings. Maybe I should just shut up. Maybe I'm not doing her any favors. Mm. Why do you, what do you mean? Well, I'm the enemy of people like Chu. She's not going to listen to what I say. True. Meanwhile, COVID-19... Giving up, though, isn't the answer. I'm not going to. As you've told me many times. I'm not going to, but I just... (laughs) I know the feeling, believe me. Meanwhile, COVID-19 hospitalizations have dropped below 1,000 for the first time in Minnesota since early November, easing pressure on the state's medical system. The 898 COVID-19 hospitalizations on Monday included 145 people in intensive care. and That's the lowest number since late August, reflecting an Omicron variant that spread with unprecedented ease but caused a lower rate of severe infections. Health officials are hopeful that the state will have a prolonged respite from COVID-19 now that the wave of Omicron infections is nearing a low point. Fridley Police and Federal Bureau of Investigation are investigating a bank robbery that occurred Tuesday afternoon. You don't hear about that much anymore. You really don't. For a while, they were all over the place. Uh, Most of the assets in there are frozen anyway. I have a feeling this is going to be the new thing. 
Think so. Back mm. to it. Mm-hmm. Fridley and Columbia Heights Police Departments dispatched at 344 to a Huntington Bank in the 5200 block of Central Avenue Northeast. Police say that two African-American males assaulted an employee and demanded cash after entering the bank. The suspects fled the bank with an undisclosed amount of cash. Huntington is offering a reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the suspects. If you have info, you're encouraged to contact the Fridley Police or to call the F. I say that because that's an old school Wild West way of uh, robbing a bank. Uh, mm-hmm. You go in there and raise a ruckus and hurt people and, and hit people. Next yep. thing you know, innocents are going to be getting shot. Uh, if you've noticed bank robberies in the past, I don't know, 30 years, even longer, have been quiet and discreet and a note yeah. is passed and they try to get in and out of there. Not the case with this incident. And what is it result of? Because uh, the bad guys are emboldened. Well, they're, you know, are they going from stealing cars to now doing banks? I don't know. Could be. The boundaries of Minnesota's eight congressional districts are shifting a bit around the edges uh, for the decade to come under new redistricting maps released yesterday. The most dramatic geographic changes occurring in two swing districts in the southern half of Minnesota. The political folks, though, say it won't change much heading into the 2022 midterm elections. Two biggest changes are in two districts that have recently had close races. The second district, currently represented by DFL U.S. Representative Angie Craig, got rid of the Goodhue and Wabasha County areas, which became part of the southern Minnesota's first district under the new maps. Lesseur County moved from the first district, represented by GOP U.S. Representative Jim Hagedorn, moved into, the, into Craig's district. The Metro third, fourth, and fifth districts, all represented by Democrats, shrank geographically to accommodate urban population growth. Meanwhile, northeastern Minnesota's eighth congressional district expanded to account for population declines in many rural counties. NATO accusing Russia today of sending more troops to a massive military buildup around Ukraine, even as Moscow said it was withdrawing forces and was open to diplomacy. Separately, a senior Western intelligence official warned that Russian military exercises were at their peak stage and the risk of Russian aggression against Ukraine would remain high, at least for the rest of this month. Americans picked up the pace of spending in January as the threat of COVID-19 faded and there was some easing of supply shortages. Retail sales surged to seasonally adjusted 3.8% last month. Uh, That whizzed past projections of most economists who thought it would be about 2.5%. Urging inflation likely pumped up the numbers further in January. Retail sales were up across the spectrum. Uh, Merchandise stores rose 3.6%. Department stores 9.2%. Online sales surged 14.5%. The only thing is showing a decline. Restaurants down 0.9%, likely consumers refraining from going out to eat for fear of catching the Omicron virus. President Biden ordering the release of Trump White House visitor logs to the House Committee investigating the riots of January 6th. The committee has sought a trove of data from the National Archives, including presidential records that Trump had fought to keep private. The records being released to Congress are visitor logs showing appointment info for individuals who were allowed to enter the White House on the day of the insurrection. P.J. O'Rourke, the prolific author and satirist who refashioned the irreverence and gonzo journalism of the 1960s into a distinctive brand of conservative and libertarian commentary, has died at the age of 74. He died Tuesday morning. He did. Uh, there was not anything cited as a specific cause, but O'Rourke had been ill recently, 
and uh, lung cancer is believed to be what killed him. He was born Patrick Jake O'Rourke in Toledo, Ohio. Evolved from a long-haired student activist to wavy-haired scourge of his old liberal ideas, with some of his more widely read takedowns appearing in a founding counterculture publication, uh, publication, Rolling Stone. His career otherwise extended from serving as editor-in-chief of the National Lampoon May, uh, Lam National Lampoon magazine, which I loved as a kid, to a brief stint on 60 Minutes, in which he represented the conservative take on Point Counterpoint, to frequent appearances on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. His writing style, eh, cross between Hunter S. Thompson and Tom Wolfe. Uh, I did find uh, one thing, he, he was brilliant, uh, he had brilliant, I don't know what to call them. Phraseology? Thank you. Yeah. I found this one, uh, as he, he was considered more libertarian than anything. Right. I, I did find this one, Parliament of Horrors, which is a, a wonderful book I about have that politics. Book. Yes. In July, he wrote this. In July 1988, I covered the specious, entropic, criminally trivial, boring, stupid Democratic National Convention. <laughs> <laughs> a Lovely. numb suckhole stuffed with political <laughs> bulk filler held in that place where bad malls go to die, Atlanta, Georgia. Then wow. I flew to that other oleo high colonic, the Republican Convention, an event with the intellectual content of a Guns N' Roses lyric. You know, he <laughs> said, uh, he that said is he, fantastic. He said he favored communism until he realized he was too fat to wear bell bottoms and he had to give his golf clubs to a family in Somalia. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, those comments sounded like Suits talking about the Metrodome. Oh, God. Joe, just, uh, uh, when he was writing for uh, what's the college magazine you mentioned, John? National Lampoon. He was uh, an editor of that. Um, and. Car and driver hired him, or actually they asked him to drive a uh, Ferrari 308 GTS from New York to L.A. Yeah. and then uh, write a piece. And I read it this morning. Yeah. You've really got to look it up. It yeah. is such a fun read. Good. And then uh, one of his earlier pieces from um, a year or two years before that, and the just the, the title of it is outrageous, and the whole thing is crazy outrageous. How to drive fast on drugs while getting your wing wang squeezed and not spill your drink. Wow. <laughs> and it's just, it's so far out there and so funny. It's just delightful It was reading. Hunter S. Thompson-esque, but he, 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 I don't think he went out in the backyard and shot things. No, he, no. he said they were often compared and they were friends, but the only thing they had in common was, and this is his words, that they were both frustrated poets. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. There's, yeah. There's a, <laughs> their command of the language is just so beyond brilliant. There was a great uh, picture of, I don't know if you remember, in the old days Rolling Stone would yeah. meet with the presidential candidates. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was Bill Clinton, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, Jan Werner, and P.J. O'Rourke. And one more guy. Uh, I did yeah, yeah, one of their other staff writers, I believe. Oh. God, that would be a fun meeting. Right Can you there. imagine? Yeah. Uh, he was uh, tested a bit uh, late in life. Like other longtime conservatives, he was not a fan of Donald Trump. Uh, he said he would vote in 2016 for Hillary Clinton. Uh, he said he could live with her lies and empty promises. <laughs> well, because she, he thought she was the devil he knew. Yeah, he said it's the second worst thing that could happen to this country. Uh, I mean, she's wrong about absolutely everything, but she's wrong within normal parameters. Right. My that, God. That, 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 that's brilliant. Yeah. Then about Trump, he said, I mean, this man just can't be president. They've got this button, you know, in the briefcase, and he'll end up finding it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he called lucky himself. He didn't. 
Yeah, called himself a libertarian and uh, equally hated both sides. Yeah, yeah he was an equal opportunity guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a uh, musician we lost, uh, Ian McDonald, who I had forgotten about. I'm not going to lie. King he was Crimson. A co- yeah, co-founder of both King Crimson and Foreigner. He died at the age of 75 last week. A rep from McDonald confirmed that he uh, passed away of cancer. McDonald oh. was known as one of the key architects of progressive rock, playing both saxophone and keyboards, King Crimson, and co-writing its 1969 debut in the Court of the Crimson King, an album that's greatly loved by a lot of people. Do you? Uh, I, you know, I haven't heard it in about 40 years. Yeah. I remember being yeah. less than overwhelmed right. by it when I heard it then. By the way, why, uh, does, why, why does King Crimson get mentioned before Foreigner? I mean, Foreigners, come on. King Crimson is is huge. Well, King Crimson was thought to be more talented than Foreigner. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Less barfy. Yeah. After his original stint in Crimson, he went on to be a session player. He played on Get It On by T-Rex, played saxophone. Uh, He uh, then joined, well, he didn't join. He helped form the band Foreigner, which he founded with guitarist Mick Jones and singer Lou Graham in New York. Played on all the band's early hits. Feels like the first time, Head Games, Hot Blooded, Double Vision, and Head Games. He also produced uh, or co-produced the group's first three albums before quitting the band. Well, he had to make a few bucks then. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Foreigner sold 17 million albums. Yeah. yeah. Uh, billionaire Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic has revealed when it will begin selling space travel tickets to the general public. They actually started today. If you'd like to go up, the tickets are priced at $450,000 with an initial deposit of $150,000. Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic Chief Executive Officer Michael Kalglazer said in a statement, we plan to have our first 1,000 customers on board at the start of commercial service later this year. Hmm. Virgin Galactic has launched four space flights so far, but they haven't taken up any paying customers. Its vehicle, called the VSS Unity, soars into the air from New Mexico, strapped to a carrier aircraft before it detaches and blasts 50 miles above Earth. Up to six passengers experience four minutes of weightlessness before Unity turns around and glides back to Earth. Virgin Galactic founded in 2004 with the aim of taking paying tourists to space. A fatal crash did happen during a test flight in 2014. They then grounded their fleet for two years while it worked on tightening up safety protocols. It has now sent up four space flights, including one with Sir Richard Branson on board in July of 2021. What was Ian's last name, McDonald? McDonald, correct. Yes. He doesn't show up yeah. on Celebrity Net Worth. Really? Yeah. Huh. No, he, he did all right, I'm sure. <laughs> the Paycheck Protection Program is intended to help businesses meet their payroll during the pandemic. We've we've all heard about that, the sure. PPP program. Yeah. Uh, scores of people that we have heard about, well, they used it for things they shouldn't have, like Ferraris, Lamborghinis, jewelry, lavish vacations. One woman in Miami took it even uh, uh, more far out. She used part of a $15,000 PPP loan to... Pay a hitman who killed a woman that she wanted killed. Oh wow. <laughs> Where do you find a hitman? Whoa. 33 year old Jasmine. Uh, this hitman, as you'll see in a moment, was not very discreet or smart. A 33 year old Jasmine Martinez received the loan April 20th, 2021, two weeks before a man wearing a black hooded sweatshirt shot Lashante Jones to death as she walked to her apartment building. The Miami Dade police said an arrest warrant dated February 9th. Well, Ms. Martinez had made withdrawals from her bank account totaling more than ten grand in the days before the killing. The police arrested Ms. Martinez and Romiel Robinson, a man Ms. Martinez was in a romantic relationship with on charges of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit 
murder. Miami-Dade police also announced the arrest of Javon Carter, an ex-convict. Mr. Carter was charged with first-degree murder, the attempted murder of Mrs. Jones' daughter, who was with her at the time, who was grazed by bullets in the attack. The police found a video on the hitman's cell phone. This is oh, Carter. Oh, God. Taken about two hours after Mrs. Jones' killing, in which he was counting a large sum of money and saying, just another day at the office, hmm. according to the Jeez. U.S. warrant. 15 grand? Mm -hmm. Police believe the shooting was the culmination of a long, uh, of long antagonism oh. between the two women. Have you ever uh, think you could get away with the whole PPE uh, loan scandal thing? I, told you, I, I, told I wouldn't you even. Many times we could have. You think so? We could have submitted a request for the town of Garage Logic, and these idiots would have sent us a check. Not if my name was involved in this, because if they saw me on on the dais, they'd know immediately <laughs> there's fraud. There's fraud involved. Yeah. I have never been able to get away with anything. Well, for God's sakes, you're not supposed to even try. <laughs> What do you mean well, you haven't gotten away with anything? The only reason I didn't try is because I know they, they'd catch me. Well, of course. you're not. Plus, you should be honest. The reason we didn't file the fake thing is because we would have succeeded oh, and probably all gone you. to jail. Holier than thou. Just, uh, honesty is overrated. Oh, no, it Give me a break no, with it is your not honesty. overrated. The best part of that is Kenny sounding so disappointed. I never got away with anything. I never got I away with anything. <laughs> I get blamed for stuff I don't even do. Yeah. Uh, this story's uh, it's funny, but it's also a little sad when you get to the end. You may have seen this story. A gallery security guard in Russia who used a ballpoint pen to draw eyes on a famous painting. <laughs> Did you see this story? Yes, he, no. Yeah. No. Uh, he, now, he now is blaming teenage girls because right. they egged him on to yeah. do it. Yeah. Wow. The man, the man defaced Anna Laposkaya's faceless three figures. This is a painting worth a little over a million dollars. And the man has been named as Army veteran Alexander Vasilyev. He was on his first day on the job at the Yeltsin Center when he damaged the artwork, which was on loan to the gallery from Moscow. Speaking for the first time since news of the incident made headlines, Mr. Vasilyev told website e1.ru he was confused and depressed by the art. He said, to be honest, I didn't really like the pictures. They left a difficult impression. I tried to pass by without looking at them. But then I watched how people reacted, and I saw two teenagers, 16 or 17, standing and talking about why there are no eyes, no mouth, and no beauty. There were girls in the group, and they said, please draw eyes on the work. You work here. Mr. Vasilyev, who faces a fine or prison for vandalism, said the girls convinced him it was their drawing, and they wanted him to add the eyes. He said he regretted being a fool when he realized how much the painting was worth. He's a former senior lieutenant who served in the Chechen War for Russia, suffered gunshot wounds in 1995 when he was one of only four of his 36-member unit to survive. He was given a medal for his bravery. And here's the sad part. Mr. Vasilyev's wife, Yulia, blamed his war wounds for making him naive like a child. Oh. Say, uh, I know nothing about Bob Saget, never watched his television show. And what do you want to know about Full House? <clears throat> unfamiliar with that. Uh, but what the hell's going on here uh, with his death? Uh, his family is now uh, sought to uh, uh, prohibit any further release of autopsy well, reports. Well, they don't. Well, it's the photos they don't want released, oh, okay. which so, I think is un understandable. I, I would but want, didn't, you know. Somebody killed the guy. It first no, came. Oh, well, well, John, John, how do you get those wounds? John, it first came out that he oh, um, oh. bonked his head. It's and then the news this week was that somebody bashed the hell out of his John head. with the equivalent Where of using a baseball bat. 
Where did you see this? Oh, Where it's been all this? over. It's, he had he it, hit his head, the back of his head, and had a skull fracture on the bottom of his head. That's no, what they said. No, that's, no. Well, that's if he had I fallen in too. the shower, I could see that. Yeah, if he fell in the shower done. or something like that. Yeah, which is basically what they're saying. Well, they, what I read is the doctor said this couldn't have been done without a blunt object. I guess that okay. could be a shower no, floor. No, no it could have been the the spout in the bathtub. Whatever, because yeah. you know they're usually a combo deal. Yeah. I, yeah. I His, fell in the shower once. Did you? Yeah. You also well, fell in your own, a lot. You also fell in your own long, recycling container. Long yeah. story that yeah. uh, we won't get into. It was in yeah. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's good. Um, <laughs> his version of the aristocrats joke is uh, pretty good. Okay. If if you know that joke. All right. Let's uh, let's return, please. The aristocrats. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. Ho, ho. <laughs> Do it right this time. We better hurry. We've been told that we only have 10 more years. Here's Joe Sushire. Ah? Yeah. Be nice if you slammed into something. <laughs> you know? Like some Led Zeppelin or. Uh, I wish I could, trust me. Da, 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 da. Like Here's Cody what I'm going to do. I figured it out during that break. I'm going to put my illegally gained million dollar PPE loan in a Liberty Safe from Maple Grove Lock and Safe.com. Whether you earned it legally or illegally, nobody from the stupid government, uh, not even that torp from Canada, is going to get into your Liberty Safe. It's the best one ever made. Top of the line. And Maple Grove Lock and Safe, along with Mr. Matchmaker himself, Rich, he's the owner and operator, he's going to walk you through the process. You can go to his website, uh, maplegrovelockandsafe.com, take the test. They've got a cool little test to figure out which one is best with you. You print that out, write it down, do whatever it takes, and then arm yourself with that. Bring it into uh, Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Talk to Rich about what he thinks is the best match. And I promise you, oh, got another email there. Yep. I promise you, you will walk out of there a satisfied customer. He's uh, he's good at the safe game. He's good at the lock game. Uh, keys, car, house, doesn't matter. Rich is your guy. Um, whatever it might be, Liberty Safes or whatever. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. That's the uh, e- that's the uh, you know website deal. Uh, his 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 address. If you're going to show up with a smile on your face, sixty nine zero one. Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove, Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Anyone who has ever been temporarily blinded by high beam headlights from an oncoming car will be happy to hear this. That would be me. Me. U.S. Highway Safety Regulations are about to allow new high-tech headlights that can automatically tailor beams so they focus on dark areas of the road and don't create glare for oncoming drivers. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it issued a final rule allowing what's uh, called adaptive driving beam headlights on new vehicles. It will go into effect when published in the Federal Register in the next few days. (laughs) The headlights are commonly used in Europe. They have LED lamps that can focus beams on darkness, such as the driver's lane and areas along the roadside. They They also lower the intensity of the light beams if there's oncoming traffic. Camera sensors and computers help determine where the light should go. This final rule will improve safety for pedestrians and bicyclists by making them more visible at night and will help prevent crashes by better illuminating animals and objects in and along the road, the agency said. The new rule, which was supported by the auto industry, 
comes as the safety agency grapples with a dramatic rise in traffic deaths nationwide. It's not that uh, that high beams are too bright. It's that the regular beams are now too bright. Right. Yeah. They get flashed all the time. Yeah. And it's mostly with the, the, the trucks and the SUVs yep. whose lights sit up so damn high. Right. Uh, currently, Audi charges three grand for the top version of the lights in the U.S. on its e-tron sportback electric vehicle. The adaptive beam lights are offered in most Audi wow. models in the U.S., but until now could not be used. An Audi spokesman says the company is evaluating whether the lights meet NHTSA standards and whether they can be activated in the future. Uh, I'm all for it because, man, lights are uh, problematic when you get, you know, you start getting your cataracts and your. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's, you know how you say um, something about America changed when we stopped letting dogs roam the neighborhood. That was the beginning and the end. Yeah. Also, part of that is when they took that clicker off the left side of your floor. Yep. To go from high, there was nothing more satisfying That's than right. going donk donk donk. You looked yep. forward to turning them yep. on dim and bright. It was it was <laughs> so fun, and if you could get into heavy traffic, you'd be doing that all night. Donk 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 donk. Well, and you're getting into another uh, sentiment of mine, and that's it. That's back in the days when cars were intuitively operated. Yeah. You sat behind the wheel and you just looked, and you instantly that was the windshield wiper. Yep. That was the switch for it. Yep. Now I now gotta get the manual out and figure out. Gotta sit there and figure it out. What's this button do? And right this... now my car's only giving me centigrade temperature. What? I yeah. can't get back to Fahrenheit. I don't know how to find it. Did you mess this, with something? This sissified lever on the left side to switch your high beams off and on—that is communism in its purest it, it is. form. It yeah. is. It's like people yeah. who pay with their credit card at the pump. That's communism. No, that's well, communism. No, that's uh, communism. Well, full, it's not uh, good full stop. Away no, that's communism. Uh, yeah. Break. Uh, uh, hit the brakes. That little there, skier. Uh, that little skater last night. She probably, when she gets her license, she'll pay at the pump. <laughs> you are the last American walking. Yeah. I have paid but, inside privileges, my highest honor. Oh boy! At two stations. What do you do when you go on vacation? I mean, you must have to must drive you nuts. Let huh? somebody else drive. <laughs> on this, only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Today is Feb 16. 16. I've yeah. never seen a city stay more in the news than your city, Reavers. In 1855, on this day, Fairbow was platted, surveyed, and mapped. Trader Alexander Fairbow, son of Jean Baptiste and Pelagi Fairbow, had settled there in 1826. I knew that. Is there a river that runs through there? Right there, baby. What's, What's it, it called? called? Well, there's two. The there's, there's the Strait River and there's the Cannon River. Oh. The Cannon River. That must be the draw. In fact, where they meet, that's uh, the River Bend Nature Center. You guys should come down there sometime. It's kind of fun. Because it's mostly flat there, I'm right? trying to so do this. Pretty I'm much. Prairie. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Oh. Definitely, definitely trying <laughs> to do trying this. I'm trying to make it a little more interesting Except there. up by the school where you know you go up the hill, you can take the high-rise bridge, Joe. It's kind of nice. Any hoodles. On this day in 1860. Fairbo's in the news again. The Minnesota State Agricultural Society is incorporated, replacing the territorial society that had previously existed. And if I'm correct in my thinking, it's the Minnesota State Agricultural Society that grew to uh, operate the state fair. Oh, probably still does. Hmm. On this day in 1864, the Waseca County Horse Thief Detectives are organized in (laughs) Wilton. 
one of several such settler colonist groups. It would continue to hold social meetings after 1880, and when horse thieving became a thing of the past, it would focus its energies on tracing stolen automobiles. Mm. I have a proposal for the Lymans. I'm starting to recognize these days in history. So am I. I remember the horse thief one. Yeah. Well, because they're not going to change from year to year. Wait a minute. Should we do another state? Who's the Who's the guy that writes about history in the Star Tribune? We know him well. A uh, Kurt Brown. Uh, Kurt Brown. Brown. Did yeah. Kurt Brown do a piece on that? He might have. We should maybe do for a year, maybe Wisconsin on this no. day in history. I think no. you know what your complaint North is. North Dakota. No, you know what your North complaint Dakota. is right now. Huh. Hey, I got a question. How come oldies stations are always playing the same song? <laughs> How right. about some new oldies, geniuses? <laughs> <laughs> You want new oldies. I remember the horse thief detectives from Wasika. You want new history. I want new history on this day in history. Thank you, GLers. Oh, my goodness. Hey, by the way, before we run, I do have to make mention of our friends over at the University of St. Thomas. The St. Thomas men's hockey team continues its battle through the rugged CCHA. Come and support Tommy men's hockey in their last home series against Lake Superior State on Friday and Saturday night, Kenny. Are you done? No. The team has been resilient, playing some of the best teams in the country in their first year of D1 hockey. How come you're talking like this? Except for when they play Mankato and they get waxed. You want to say something? I'm not done with the liner yet, but thank you. Everybody's done here. While I finish this, uh, make sure you just go to TommySports.com for ticket information to see Joe's University of St. Thomas men's hockey team. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, you keep bringing up Tucum Carey on a daily basis. <laughs> Freddie Johnston put out his first album in, what was it, 90, 92? It's called The Trouble Tree, and there is a wonderful, wonderful song on that album called Tucum Carey. I huh, highly recommend it. And, of course, we all know Willin by Little Feet. I've been from Tucson to yep. Tucum Carey. Uh, I was just going to say, Ad, uh, you talked about maybe doing North Dakota history, Joe. Yeah. We might we might want to pass up on that idea because I'm looking at their page right yeah. now. And you go from March 20th to March 26th with nothing happening. Nothing so happened? We, yeah, nothing Absolutely nothing. Well, you were still a territory then, weren't you, like till the mid-40s, no, this... like 18, right after the Second World War ended? But this is every year, so March 20th, there's something from 1916, nothing for six days till 1955 on March 26th. Yeah, Jack didn't happen. So, Not, no. Yeah. Anyway. All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> GLers, Jack didn't do, happen. do us a favor and hit the old subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube page where you will be entertained for hours with past content and daily content for that matter. And don't forget to hit up all of our social media channels Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and PodMN is your source for all of the Garage Logic episodes. And just by listening to GL through the PodMN app, well, that'll enter you for the chance to win Garage Logic merchandise. Yep. And it's free. Free, free, free. Who doesn't love something for free? We'll catch you tomorrow. Ciao. 
The 31st Annual 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 18th through Sunday, Feb 20. Grab your foursome. Get ready for your first round of 2022. See all the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show has to offer, including great deals on drivers, irons, putters, and accessories. Nab great deals on the best golf apparel around. This is where I get my golf gloves every year. Take advantage of your special offers from your favorite courses and destination golf resort vacations while you're there. Plus, take lessons from the pros and be ready to own your golf game in 2022. And as an added bonus, yes, Garage Logic will broadcast live from 11:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, Feb 18. Tickets are now on sale for just $12. Compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. Each ticket purchase includes 10 free greens free passes and three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all show details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick, GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, and Second Swing.